Welcome to Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who want to live and lead their lives differently and explore topics relevant to all areas of their life. Hello and welcome to Reframe Your Life, episode 34. In this podcast today, we're going to be talking about the difference between coaching and mentoring. And uh, these are clearly topics very close to both of our hearts, which is a bit of a pattern we have on our podcast, uh, of course. <laughs> topics that are very close to our hearts, Andy. <laughs> how are you today? <laughs> it's so true. I mean, why have a podcast if you're not going to talk about stuff you care about, right? It's, it's just, that's why people start a podcast. Yeah, and that's why we started a podcast, because this is the kind of stuff we talk about all the time. <laughs> so we both love coaching, Sandy. We both coach. We've both coached each other. It's true. And we are damn good at it. (laughs) And we've had other coaches as well. We've had mentors too, which we will talk about. But first, I just want to talk about there's many challenges around coaching. I think some people go to counseling, which coaching is definitely not. And we're going to get into the detail. But when, when you think of coaching, what's one challenge that comes to mind when you say to people, I do coaching? I don't think people understand coaching. Well, you know, I hate to do that. There's two kinds of people, those people who understand coaching and those people who don't. Yes. But it's really true. There's a lot of misconceptions around coaching. And I think some of it is because of TV programs around life coaching where you have this really kind of gregarious person who kind of swoops in and they do this big life coaching moment on someone and those people are just like blown out of the water and their whole life changes and it's this big emotional thing and I I think when you tell people you do coaching they kind of go really you know they have this Oprah own network kind of view of coaching yeah yeah there's just like a personal self-development which which in one way it is. I get that too. When I say people I do coaching, oh, life coaching? I say, well, no, my focus is around leadership, but of course it's going to impact people's lives. So do you want to call it life coaching? Do you want to call it leadership coaching? My focus is to help people be better leaders. So it is more around the organizational context, but I have also coached people around career changes, which is around life. Right. right. So yeah. I don't know. I think I have this personally have this like, oh, oh no, I'm not a life coach. <laughs> I know. I feel the same way. It's you. There's just this thing about being a life coach that it feels all warm and fuzzy and some ways not as respectable yeah. as being a, a executive leadership coach. <laughs> but we're reframing that as well. I think in our own coaching models as well I'm coaching someone at the moment new learning behavior got activities to practice at work and at home so yeah it's leadership and life coaching so well because think about it we don't live our lives that compartmentalized so you know our life and our work are fairly intertwined for most of us if you're having a bad experience at home it impacts your, your work and your patterns of behavior are going to be the same at home and at work. So if you're making a change in how you deal with things or how you approach things, it's going to affect all of your life. So everyone's a life coach. <laughs> That's right. One, one other analogy I, I use, if you want to lose weight and make behavior change around healthy lifestyle or gain weight or run a marathon, a lot of people 
I'm just going to interrupt because now I have a new goal. I want to gain weight. <laughs> I'm tired of wanting to lose weight. Can you help me gain weight? Yeah. <laughs> Can I pay you to You're help me gain weight? So Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. So I say, you know, you, you hire a personal trainer. For, or a personal running coach or a sports coach. Same thing. I kind of use the analogy is if you want to be a better leader in, in your life or at work, my main focus is working with teams and working with people, then that's where you hire a coach. So that's kind of the analogy that, that I try to use to help people kind of go. Because when you say a leadership coach, they kind of look at you like, oh, yeah, right. And you know they have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> So we are in a very confusing world. <laughs> I find I tr when I tell people, they say, so what do you do? And if I say I'm self-employed <laughs> yeah. and I, you know, I have a podcast, I blog, I do coaching, people are like, I don't know what she does, but she probably is free all the time <laughs> yeah. to go hang out and have coffee yeah. or wine. So let's just call Sandy. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. So we are talking about coaching and mentoring. And so our definition of coaching, coaching really is a way of being. And that was a fundamental learning for me, Sandy, when I was doing my study. Um, I wanted to be a, a coaching manager. The reason I started to learn about coaching is I wanted to be a coaching manager. I wanted to help and what well, I use it as help empower people rather than telling. Right. So it's a way of being. Um, the essence is helping leaders or individuals get unstuck in their lives, in their dilemmas, in their challenges, and help them transition into action. So leadership, in my mind, is about action. And a coach, it's about a helping relationship for personal growth and development. And it's forward focused. When I started being an entrepreneur in my uh, leadership coaching and training, people ask me, so who do you want to work with? Who's your ideal client? And I said, my ideal client is anyone who is open to changing and adapting their behavior. Because there needs to be some kind of action yeah. that changes as a result of a coaching session, a learning and a behavior change. You're just going to waste your time and money and my effort if you're not going to change. Yeah. You know, so... So yeah, that's a bit of a definition we started to play around with. So can I just ask you a question? You said that you wanted to become a coaching manager and so mm. you started studying coaching and learning about coaching and I know you took some courses and became mm -hmm. certified to, as a coach, which we should talk a little bit about certification later as well, mm -hmm. like what what people should look for in a coach. Yeah. Um, what difference did you notice as you became more of a coaching manager compared to how you managed before. What were the differences and how did it impact your team? Yeah, it was, when I say the way of being, it, it you know what, it took the pressure off me. Number one, I was that type of person, well, if your staff come and ask you a question, you better know the answer. So I would always try and have the answer. So what did I notice is it was so liberating. Like for me and them, I could just see the staff go, oh yeah. Yeah, I do know. Because I would always, my, my first question would, after they asked me a question, is what would you do? <laughs> Just kind of turn it back. And I told my staff I was practicing this behavior because I wanted to see a shift and I wanted them to tell me whether I was actually being successful or not. So what I did is I asked them to do an assessment on me as a baseline. 
Mm-hmm. And then I said, I'm going to practice some new strategies and I'll get another assessment in six months' time. So they knew. It was very open about me trying to move to be more of a coaching manager. I do remember on a couple of occasions I had staff come to me. I like, I don't want any coaching. I just want you to tell me the answer because I've been going through this in my mind so many times and I just I really don't know. So, I, But I want your advice. And that's the difference, coaching versus advice. So it was very liberating for me. But it was very empowering for them because their motivation and their confidence just grew because they did know stuff. And often they just needed validation or an okay that it was going to go in the direction that they thought. The other thing, Sandy, is I learned a lot to quieten the voice in my head and be okay to let go of control if they weren't going to do it the way I would do it. Right. And that was my biggest, because I like control and I like to have an opinion about how things should be done. And again, that's why coaching is a mind, it's a mindset. It's a way of being, you know what? They may go step ABC, which could look very different to my steps ABC, but if they get the end result and there's no detrimental risks or challenges along the way, who am I to say they have to do it this way? I absolutely loved that experience. And it was just such an aha when someone said to me, just because they ask you a question doesn't mean you have to tell them the answer. Or I like to have the answer. There's the pressure of I have to have the answer, but then there's also the ego part of I like to have the answer. When someone comes to me, I want to bestow my knowledge (laughs) on these people. And coaching, as a coach, you have to learn to kind of keep your ego in check a little bit because it's not about the answer. It's about asking questions and listening and helping people get to their own answer. Everyone has the answer, and that's why it's not advice. Sharing patterns of behavior that you can see in someone that they perhaps can't see. So you're just reflecting back what you're seeing. I just love helping people see their ahas. So, and change is at the heart of coaching. So if you're not prepared to have to make changes, which are very hard, especially behavioral change, then don't get a coach. Like, really. Right. (laughs) Exactly. I recently came across an equation that helps explain coaching, and it is performance equals potential minus interference. And I love that as a model of coaching. When we're working with people, we're often, as a coach, trying to help them improve their performance in an area in their life. As you've mentioned, it could be health-related, it could be work-related, it could be a relationship, and they have the potential there, and we all have the potential to do more than we do, but there's something interfering with us Mm -hmm. achieving our goals, and coaching is really helping deal with that interference and remove the interference so that people can reach their their potential and achieve the performance goals that they have. So when I say interference, what does that bring to mind to you? What are some Mm. things that you think of that you've dealt with clients that are things that are interfering with them? One I was just thinking about is ego, which we've mentioned. Right. You know, ego, I have to show everyone I know. I know the information and I'm right and I can't be wrong. And Fear, Mm -hmm. absolutely, fear. With fear, last night I was reading Byron Katie. Have you read Byron no. Katie's The Work? It was a book that, I don't know, it's probably been out for 15 years. And I was reading a little bit about her 
the influence she had on someone. And then I went back to her book and got it out. But she has these four questions. And the first question is, is it true? Mm. And that whole fear, so often it's a story that we're telling ourselves and it has nothing to do with reality whatsoever. And that, I'm sure you find that, but when I'm working with people, often the thing that's holding them back is a fear that is not rooted in any kind of reality. Yeah. I always ask them, is that an assumption or is that the truth? And if it's the truth, tell me how you know it's the truth. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, it's just something that they've thought of. They haven't actually assessed it as a, as a, they haven't assessed their assumptions. And fear is often linked to ego. You know, we talked yeah. about ego. A lot of times our fears are really wrapped up in our ego. Yeah. So I'm afraid if something happened to me, other people wouldn't be able to survive. Yeah. Or I'm afraid... If I fail, people will think this way of me. So I think our fear and our ego are so tightly wound together. Well, I think the interference just reminds me of Brene Brown talking about guilt and shame, right? And that holds us back too. That That is an interference because I'll feel guilty if I don't do this or I'll be ashamed if this doesn't work or I I get a no or something. So that's wrapped up in that fear too and, and not being able to be vulnerable. That's an interference for sure because we have to be able to be vulnerable to be effective leaders mm-hmm. because things may or may not work and that helps our performance for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Another interference is tolerations. And the first time I worked with a coach, and I know she often listens to our podcast. I want to give a shout out to her, but I won't, but she knows who she is. <laughs> we went through this thing about tolerations. And I remember she gave me a list of 100 tolerations to go through and look at things in my life that... I might be tolerating and it can be things as simple as an unorganized desk Mm. or you haven't taken care of something that you put on every day, you know, your purse strap is broken or something. And so all of these little things that we tolerate become energy depleters. Mm And so she took me through this whole process of looking at every area of my life and making lists of things that I was tolerating and dealing with them so that I could be really clear mm. and move ahead and not have all of these things taking my energy. It was it was a fascinating process. Mm. Mm. I think getting stuck in blame as well is another interference because you're stuck. Often if you're blaming, you're stuck. You're not accepting your role or your part in the situation um, and you're not able to move on, so it right. affects your performance. Yeah, that whole victim yeah. mentality, victim right? Mindset. Yeah. So I love it. So we believe coaching plays a critical role in helping individuals to create, um, adapt to, and accept change as a challenge rather than an obstacle. And so honestly, whether it's around you want to improve your leadership style or your capacity, or you know there's areas in your life that you just need to to improve or there's certain behaviors that you don't like about yourself we all have those areas of development it's it's all around that can be coached whereas mentoring on the other hand Sandy let's talk about mentoring and have you had a 
mentor in your life? Yeah, definitely. I, I've worked with mentors in specific areas of my life. And when I was working in a corporate environment, one of the first things I did whenever I started in a new role was looked around sort of the landscape of the organization to see who would be someone that would be a good mentor for me here. And I saw the mentor as someone who had a lot of knowledge around the organization, around the culture of the organization, around uh, my role in the organization and where it fit in in the bigger picture and they would be able to give me advice and some guidance and fill in some gaps for me and really help me be successful in that in that role and I often recommend that to people when you start in a new role find yourself a mentor in that organization to just help you navigate and even establish yourself politically if you pick the right person Mm. that will kind of have your back and can help help you um, position yourself well in the company. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of good organizations who have great mentoring programs where they actually do match up-and-coming leaders with established leaders who act as their mentor, but in a totally different area of the company, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Mentoring takes place with someone who has a specialized skill, knowledge, or achievement that you're trying to learn or to reach for. And that is the difference. Well, and I think sometimes mentors can be unofficial Mm. mentors, right? So I think coaching is sometimes more official relationship. You know, there's an exchange of money for the role. Often a mentor, you're not paying them to mentor you. So there's a difference there. But I think that if you look back at your life, you may have had mentors for short periods of time. You might not have called them mentors, but they had that role in your life where they were really helping you to understand a skill or a, a knowledge or something that you needed to know at that time. And, um, you know, it could have been very short term and true. not really formalized. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And um, one of the differences between coaching and mentoring, a coach is there to hold you accountable as well. It's to hold you accountable to the change that you want to achieve. Whereas a mentor won't necessarily do that. You know, they'll provide information, they'll provide guidance and advice, but really it's up to you as to whether you take that on or not. And and in coaching, you get to decide what actions you want to take on. Like you're deciding that. Mm-hmm. A coach just helps you hold you accountable to your word, hold right. you accountable to the change that you want to make, whereas a mentor may not necessarily do that. Um, but in both relationships... What is fundamental is that the coachee or the mentee need to be ready to learn. You have to be coachable and you have to be mentorable. I don't know if I just made that word up. (laughs) It's a great word. I like it. (laughs) Why not? We're going to use it. Yes. If it started with an R, it could have been part of our model, but it didn't. So we can't use it. But But if you're going to kind of have this attitude, like you have to have a learning and growth attitude or mindset. If you're going to have this, you know, I know everything, there's nothing I need to learn. Well, then don't worry about getting a coach or a mentor. Right. I think both of those roles are initiated by the person looking for the support. Mm -hmm. So... 
when I've wanted a mentor, when I've wanted to work with a coach, I was the one who identified what I needed and went looking for that person. So I was responsible in a sense for my own development. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that's similar. And you're right. The, the whole idea of a coach will hold you accountable in a different way. Sometimes the accountability is just the fact that you are, you've um, invested in that relationship yeah. financially and your time. And so for me anyway, I would be like, I'm not going to show up and not have done the work mm. because it's like joining a gym. Yeah. Why would I, why would I pay every month to be a member at a gym and never go? Yeah. So it's, it's, I think that's part of the benefit for people is you are making a conscious investment in your own development mm. And that's, that's a great thing. I'm just going to say right now, because I, our listeners might not, might notice something different. We're recording face-to-face and we usually mention that we don't, we are often on Skype and today we're face-to-face. So I wonder if that's a different dynamic, but we're using our friend, Big Mike. (laughs) And that's what we call our Blue Yeti Mike. And he is very sensitive. And so I feel that this recording, if you're listening to it and you notice it's different, I'm going to use the word bright. I don't know if that's a recording language, but I think you'll find this episode a little different. And it's great. Okay. So you you just raised um, a little something in my mind that I want to discuss. I have had a number of conversations with senior leaders who think, coaching is still a performance development tool for when people aren't doing well Mm. and they want to get the coach in and because the coach is going to fix them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and make everything better coaching should be used as a growth and development tool rather than a performance management tool And if you're thinking of promoting anyone into a management position in your organization, it would be a good idea to provide them with a coach Mm -hmm. because managing people is very different to the technical task of whatever they've been doing over the last years. I agree about the performance improvement Mm -hmm. and coaching. And sometimes it becomes just a box to check off. Mm -hmm. You know, this person's not doing well and you're documenting what you've done to support them so you can fire them in six weeks or three (laughs) months so you want to add a coach to that well we did get you coaching and that didn't help anything so yeah I agree I think it should be it should come from the person Mm. and when someone is going into a new role that's an ideal time for people to to work with a coach it was in an ideal world, all organizations would offer that to their employees as they're being promoted into new roles. And I like the, that this person yeah. made it optional. It was It was awesome. Yeah. And they love it. Like, they love it. They're so engaged and willing to learn. The other thing I've said to people is if they have a challenging employee and the management wants the challenging employee to get coaching, I've often said, actually, the manager <laughs> needs coaching because I'm going to swan in I'm there for an hour or two and then swan out and I'll be back in a month or a few weeks whereas the 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 development that needs to take place is the manager of that person needs to grow and develop their coaching management skills or their leadership and management skills 
because they're the ones with the person all the time. And uh, it's quite fascinating as to how many people are actually open. Oh, you mean it might be me who might need coaching? It's a challenging conversation to have, but more and more, if anyone calls me and says, hey, I've got someone who needs coaching, my first question is, do they want coaching? Yes. You know, or are you just saying they need it? Because I don't work with anyone who doesn't want it. So. Yeah, I, I think that's great. It is it's interesting when everybody or somebody calls you and they see the problem outside themselves, yeah. right? This person's the problem. Well, maybe you could use yeah. some coaching as well. Maybe there's, maybe you have some responsibility in that relationship. Exactly. And we should, even if we're coaching the employee, the manager needs to be involved or if we're coaching the manager, there needs to be that try relationship because they, everyone needs support and it can't just come from the coach because the coach isn't there all the time. So. Yeah. Okay, so you just used an interesting expression. It's like you're mutton dressed as lamb. Yes. Swan, swan in. I've never heard that oh. before. Is that, that must be an Australian Is that, I don't know. term. Or maybe I've just never heard maybe. that before. I like it. Tell yes. us, listeners. Is it Australian? Is it English? What maybe, is that? Yes, yeah, swan, swan in. Swan in. Do I you just love it? <laughs> so we're talking about the differences between coaching and mentoring. And one thing that you've already mentioned, Sandy, is... Coaches do ask powerful questions and don't offer or, or give advice. And that's the value that you're paying for of a coach. You know, part of the value that you're paying for, their ability to ask powerful questions. And, and that's a skill. It's not an easy skill. Oh, definitely. The first time I worked with a coach, it was like she could see into my soul her <laughs> questions. And she had this ability to read my body language. And I remember her saying, oh, when you said that, you got really quiet or, you know, your tone completely changed. Or sometimes she'd say, you have so much passion when you're talking about that. And she'd ask me questions and she'd be, she'd be asking those questions in a way that was so caught up in or related to my whole body language and my voice tone and and her observation it was very powerful yeah that's the ability to see things and be able to interpret them back to you so we've talked about all the benefits of coaching well, not all the benefits there are lots of benefits and definitely people can look at our websites and we can direct them to more information on coaching I'm just wondering if you have any really good stories about coaching that you've been involved in that stand out for you. It could be, of course, you're going to change the names. It could be a really positive experience that's something that really moved you ahead if you were working with a coach or something that really wasn't a good coaching experience for you that, that we could learn from. I know I'm putting you on the spot, and we haven't had any wine yet. Yeah, damn. <laughs> what is with that? Need to have some wine. You know, the best experiences I've had, and it is on the spot, and of course I feel like I need to say something right now, is with a client who always said, you know, I don't have an issue with such and such. Um, and I think I can share it. So it was, uh, I don't have an issue with money. And it came up all the time. And then, of course, through my questions, I realized the first thing they always mentioned was money. 
So that's the bit I'm talking about. We hear and we're able to reflect back what we hear. And so I said, okay, so what I'm hearing is you keep saying you don't have an issue with money. But when you talk about challenges at work, it's around contracts and getting paid and or challenges at home. It's around how much money you're spending on this and that. So I just, you know, so I'm curious about that. <laughs> Tell me more. And when they just have their ahas, they're just like, he's like, oh, maybe I'll have an issue about money. I said, <laughs> I don't know. You tell, like, you tell me. I, I shouldn't have an issue about money because it's not a challenge in my life. But maybe it's something coming back from my childhood that it used to be a challenge in my life. So I've kind of brought up always thinking that I need to have an issue about money. It was just kind of an amazing aha. Uh-huh. So I just, you know, just... Sit on that. Yeah. And work out. Maybe money is an issue or maybe it isn't. But it's definitely in the forefront of your mind and it's definitely impacting how you behave at work and and at home. I love that story. And I think it brings up a couple of points for me. One is the difference between coaching and therapy. Because if you were a therapist, Mm. you would leap on that. Mm. So tell me about money in your childhood. What (laughs) What were your financial challenges growing up and you know what messages did your parents give you around money right you like go <laughs> yeah, right into exactly. that kind which of is thing. therapy and counseling you're right the past but as a coach you would maybe want to take that into the direction of what are some of your beliefs around money yeah. I don't care where they came from yeah I don't care what kind of baggage you have from yeah. your past I want to deal with your current reality yeah. and so I want to know well what do you believe about money and ask some questions around that and I think I, I like that story yeah that's so true it's, it's like the Janus mask you know the two faces looking in opposite directions we we always look out but we need to look in and I feel like that's the what a coach can help do and it's not about placing judgment it's just it's just about what we're hearing the words we're hearing um that's so good I love it yeah I I, kind of love that because it doesn't worry me which direction it goes I'm there to support them and the first time they said I don't care about money I would have believed it but it kept coming up and up and up and up and I'm like we normally talk about things that we care about right or that have some kind of value No, I think that's a really good example. And I think it helps clarify for our listeners who might not understand coaching what those conversations Mm -hmm. can involve. You know, it's not just about metrics at work or those kinds of things. These can be um, issues that affect you in all of your life. So financial issues are going to affect you, whether you're managing a budget at work Mm -hmm. or whether you are going on vacation, your beliefs around money and the way you handle money and the messages that you have around money. As we talked earlier, performance equals potential minus interference. Interference. And finances can be an interference. Yeah, and and you're absolutely right because one of the first questions I start with is tell me about three leadership moments that you've had over the past few weeks. And they can be positive or negative. They can be personal or professional. And that just helps me get an understanding of where they're at. Normally people talk about what's near and dear to them, right? What's on their mind. Sure. How about you? Have you had any positive or negative 
stories that you want to share? Oh, I like you to throw the questions <laughs> to you. I don't want you to throw them back to me. <laughs> I would say for me, I, I can't think of a specific one, but I, I think I alluded to it already. A big one for me has been around paying attention to the energy people have when they're talking about something. I mm. I think coaching has really taught me that when how people can say something, but everything about how they're saying it seems to be in, you know, contradicting yes. what they're saying. So they'd be like, Oh, I was just talking to someone recently and it wasn't a coaching relationship, but she must have said 15 times, I love my kids. I love my kids. <laughs> and all I could think of was, you really need a break from your yeah. kids because it's like you're trying to convince me that you love your kids. And I think what you really want is like a week away. <laughs> we do that. We all do yeah. that, right? We yeah. say things to try to convince yes. other people or to convince ourselves yes. of a reality that isn't what we're experiencing. And coaching has helped me. And I, I think that's maybe one of the best things that I, gifts that I give people in coaching is just to help them to really become aware of of those places where they're not really aligned, but they are trying to seem like they're aligned. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And it helps people build confidence. You know, it helps people improve productivity, but it also helps people build confidence as they face challenges too. It's, it's such an empowering experience for them. Once they learn that we're not just, we're not giving advice, you know, so when should people consider coaching? Well, I mentioned one, you know, if you're going through a significant transition at work, absolutely. It's a, it's a good um, development, growth and development tool. I like to work with people in transition. Yeah. So I think that's another great time when people are considering going back to school. Maybe they just finished school. They're not sure what's next. They're thinking about starting a different career path or they're coming into retirement, or just any major life transition, I think those are good times to work with a coach because a coach can help you really get clear on the question that you're asking that maybe you are afraid to even ask or articulate. Yeah. When to consider mentoring when a company wants to diversify employees and remove barriers that may hinder their success. I think another... Um, opportunity if you're in a larger company is if you want to expose employees to a number of different areas of the company that's a great time to do some mentoring you know link people up as a mentor I, I can't remember the exact word for it it's like reverse mentoring so oh. often we think of mentoring as somebody um, working with someone who's at a, a stage where they want to go and I know some companies are actually pairing um, different generations together in mentoring relationships so they both can learn. So I think if you want to learn culturally or um, from a different generation, spend some time. So if you're a boomer, a baby boomer, spend some time in your workplace with some millennials and get them to kind of mentor you on the challenges that they're facing. And so you can understand that generation a little bit better and really work um, more effectively together across yeah. generations. I love that. So I think we're inviting people to you know, reflect on where you're at. Do you want some coaching or do you want some mentoring? What, what do you want to achieve? And what do you want to get out of the relationship? 
Both of them are relationships and both of them are, can be intense, deep relationships. Should be. You know, you need to have someone you trust both as a mentor and a coach. Like, there has to be a fit. And that's something I've done. I've, I've worked with people who've met with a few coaches to find out who they fit with. And I totally accept that. And I'm very open to that too. I'd rather work with a coachee who feels that I'm a good fit for them than someone who I may, they may have had a bad experience with an Australian. So every time they hear my voice, <laughs> it's going to rub them up the wrong way, right? Like I just, the fit is very important, of course. So reflect on what you need and what you want. And then that defines the type of relationship. Is it a coach that I need or is it a mentor? And most coaches will give a complimentary 20-minute or 30-minute introduction session or, you know, have some sort of intake process for working with a new client. And that's a great way to find out right from the beginning if you're going to be a fit. But <laughs> that that introduction and that yeah. intake process is really important. So, you know, if our listeners are looking to work with a coach, I know both of us are available but we're not the only coaches and certainly might not be the best for them do I do recommend try a 20 minute 30 minute introduction session and just see if there's a connection there or a disconnection if you feel like you can't work with that person so I would say yeah try a number of people out and don't be embarrassed if 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 coaches have that on their website they're fairly they're legitimate about that there's, there's no obligation at all and if they are doing a big sales job, then maybe they're not the right fit, right? Like, And as you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, if your barrier to working with a coach is financial, mm. then you really need a coach. Yeah. Because what's behind that, that barrier that you don't want to invest in yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. something there yeah. that if you aren't willing to invest in yourself, then you need a coach. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're investing in everyone else around you. Exactly. Oh, here we go. Now we're, <laughs> now we're coaching an imaginary person. <laughs> Assess your reality. Where do you want to be? What do you want to achieve? What goals do you have? And we always talk about that. Um, and then the action really is realigning where you're at. So the action could be, yep, yeah, I'm going to get a mentor, I'm going to get a coach, and then you'll be you'll be doing a lot of the action planning through those processes. So yeah, that's great. This has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed being face to face. It's been a while since we've done this, and talking about something that we both really love and enjoy doing so I just want to say thank you and also to our life reframers don't forget to get on our mailing list if you're not on our email list because we share all of our resources the things that we talk about in the call we put links to things in our email and also we'll have some uh, announcements about any coaching packages or anything that we're making available for life reframers so have a good week and think about areas in your life where you might benefit from a mentor or a coach. Hi Life Reframers, did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.